Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's sour number three of the get right here on 105.3 The Fan. I'm Alec Medford in for Reggie all week as he is with Mike Bassick on the KNC Masterpiece no, the, all week. the get Mike. Yeah, the get Mike, whatever the hell you want to call it. That's what the Tolos call it. Whatever you want to call it. 10 to 2. That's where you can find Reggie. He's still here. Don't worry. I'll be in mm-hmm. for Reggie all week. That's the three-time Hall of Famer, Chris Arnold. Got you down. And Ross Lebensky is holding things Ross, down Ross. for you. The Tolo, the Turn It On, or Leave It On listener, we appreciate you so very much for joining us here on the Get Right. Full show until 11 o'clock coming up in this hour. We close out with another Hall of Fame edition of CA Stories Confidential. And on the other side, we'll go around the association, get you some of the latest headlines from the NBA as the Pistons were looking to make history tonight, not the good kind. We'll tell you if it happened coming up on the other side. The truckwreck.com text line is 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053 to get involved there. Or you can check us out on Twitch and YouTube, twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam or 105.3 The Fan on YouTube. Appreciate you checking us out wherever you choose to do so. But... We will start off the third hour of the Get Right with the question that everybody is asking and everybody wants an answer to, is Micah Parsons getting officiated differently? And we were all running rampant about this after you mentioned when we talked with KD Drummond of the Cowboys Wire earlier in the show that he was posting on Instagram a picture of him getting held in the game. Yeah, and Micah. And he said, free me. And then he said underneath that, whatever I did to the officials, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. It's been 38 consecutive quarters. He's not gotten a holding call. In other words, they're holding him every freaking game over and over and over again. It's unheard of. So the same question was actually posed to one Jerry Jones by uh, RJ and Bobby this morning on the morning show, uh, 530 to 10 here on 105.3 The Fan. This will be cut number 12. Does Micah Parsons get officiated different than other players? Well, he gets officiated not differently, but most players that uh, don't get those holes where Michael doesn't get them, couldn't get to the quarterback. Michael can. Jerry- A lot of players are not being called for holding or, or not having holding calls go with them, uh, but they couldn't get to the quarterback. Michael can. So, therefore, it is restrictive to him. And I think specifically the way Jerry worded that is interesting because what were you just saying to Katie Drummond about 
his speed. His speed. Jerry was sort of alluding to that, saying he was co-signing. Yeah, he was saying the guys that aren't or that are rather getting those holding calls, the reason they're getting them is because they end up nowhere near the quarterback. Right. Micah Parsons is so quick and so strong. He's getting held. He's fighting out of it. And yep. when the play, when the ball is dead, he is he ends up near the quarterback regardless of what happens to him after the ball is snapped. In other words, what you're saying, and pay attention to this, he's getting held, he breaks the hold, and he just misses the sack. You follow me? He's right there, but he just and then he might make the sack, but he's still probably getting held too. So it's like he's got to break through a hold, and imagine if he wasn't being held on a consistent basis, how many sacks he would have, how many plays he would make, how much of a disruption he would give. I was talking about this earlier. If you just tuned in, I was saying, Katie was saying, you think it's a conspiracy? I'm like, no. I just don't think these refs are, are equipped to make the call because literally it's like when Dez caught that ball, they said, what is a football move? When they were describing what was a football move, when the rules were first invented for that, they didn't think a player could catch a ball like that. And now the rules have been changed because Dez made a play that was a football play that didn't exist before the rule. So Micah is so fast, the only way he could get the call is if he flopped. But that's not part of his game because if he flopped, guess what? He wouldn't be affected, and it would cost the Cowboys the game. It's a damn shame. And I think it's probably the smartest way to look at it because – I mean, other than that, you just start pointing fingers. Like, I was listening to Reggie and Mike on the KNC Masterpiece earlier today, and they were trying to pinpoint a reason just like we are now. And Reggie said it, it might just be a general incompetence, mm-hmm. you know, that these refs, like you said, just aren't equipped to make these calls. So we're not going to see it happen on a con- consistent basis because that's just – the lack of availability in terms of straight-up officiating. Okay, so tell them when they want something. Sounds like you guys are making excuses. No, it's just giving you the context. And let me give you further context. The context is this. As you mentioned earlier, the guys who are getting caught are the ones that can't break through the holes. They're not good enough. They're not fast enough, whatever. Todd Archer was on G-Bag Nation, and he and Broaddus were talking about this as well. Broaddus was mentioning that Stephen Jones is on the competition committee that's where they might be able to make an adjustment in the rules so that these referees can see what is a football move, what is not, what is holding, what is not, and they can make that call. Although it's hard to do because holding on both sides of the line of scrimmage is subjective. The 817 in a different part of the 817 makes the point that Archer was making. This is not unheard of. Micah not getting called. He said, unfortunately, T.J. Watt, Miles Garrett and others, I mentioned the Boses earlier, Joey and us uh, the Boses? Nick. Nick. They're dealing with the same thing. If you listen to those teams' fans, and they are. Again, Mike has got this stretch of 38 consecutive quarters. You'll have to look at the stats because I don't have them in front of me. T.J. Watt may have a stretch of being called, not being, ca- being called for holding two times in the last 50 quarters. Uh, Miles Garrett might be called for holding one time in the last, you know, 60 quarters. Again, these are great players who are arguably defensive player of the year candidates, and they're not getting their calls either because they have exceptional skill strength or exceptional skill sets, not strength. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I, I think there's a few different ways that you can look at it. And right now I do like Broadus's theory that you presented 
where he's just too quick because he's so quick. He he's just too talented. He's too good for his own good. But there's another thing that happened in that game that I think is a more broad conversation across the NFL that we just haven't fallen victim to. Before you get into that, one other note about Miles uh, Garrett and and uh, Micah Parsons kind of being the same kind of guy with the speed and not getting the calls. The 940 says, hey, Browns fan here, same thing has happened to Miles Garrett for the last five years. He's tracked it. I mean, yeah. Every, and that's believable. Every fan base is going to think that for every elite pass Because it's suggestive. It is so suggestive. It's up to the ref whether he calls it or not. And something that's been a more broad conversation across the NFL, not just on specific players per se, just for teams in general has been roughing the passer. Mm-hmm. And you saw a pair of egregious roughing the passer calls that, look, I, I understood like the one that was called against Dak Prescott. I personally didn't like it. You know, I, I didn't think that was a fair penalty to call because what do you do in that situation if you're a defender? But the the way and the Dak ad- even kind of grabbed his shoulder pads. Yeah, and it's just the way heighten it. The way the NFL officiates that and enforces that rule, I felt it was somewhat consistent with how they've called it the past mm-hmm. couple of years. I still think it's dumb mm-hmm. how how they officiate that and how they rule that. But the one that went against Micah Parsons. That one, again, he was too quick for his own good yeah. to the point where it, it just felt like that was a totally blown call because he even had the rules analyst come in after and say, you know, typically a, yeah. typically defender gets two steps before uh, they don't call it incidental contact anymore. It was two steps, you know, so it was within parameters. It was just the speed that he, you know, was approaching and drilled the quarterback in the back. They thought it was egregious, and then when Micah asked about it, they said, you were intending to hurt him. He was just trying to make no, a play. he was trying to make a play. And again, this is the referee crew being uh, whiplash, or not whiplash, knee-jerk. That's the phrase I'm looking for because they were pulling the flag out before they even thought about it good, right, with the speed being uh, 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 the deciding factor. With that being said, all referees in football, all umpires in baseball, it's like a strike zone. It varies and that's why you try to get intel on the officiating crews. All coaches do this. All teams are aware. Hockley's crew is at least consistent. In other words, you got one from each side, but as Broad has brought up earlier with G-Bag, and that's why he's brought us his must-listen-to radio because it's not just a conversation. It's an investigation of what's really going on. As he brought up, Hockley's crew, and that's the son of Hockley who had the muscles, he's been in the league 10 years. They are the ones who call roughing the passer more than any crew in the league. You follow what I'm saying? But at least they're consistent about it. Again, it's a damn shame because referees and umpires are all human beings and they have tendencies. They're subjective. You wish it was robotic. That's why in baseball they say maybe you can have a strike zone and it's, it's done by robots or it's done by, you know, analytics or something. All I can say is the NFL, and I know this because this is what the owners always say, they love people arguing about stuff. And that's what they say. Oh, it drives the ratings. This is something that just drives me nuts because when you have the replays and you look under the hood, it slows down the damn game. And it drives me crazy. From the 808, we cry about calls because we aren't taking care of business. When the Cowboys win, we're not talking about calls. And that is just absolutely false. Thanks for tuning in just right now because we've already told you multiple times that the Cowboys shot themselves in the foot yeah, multiple they did to times. Themselves. Literally, the first drive of the game, you fumble right at the goal line right. and you give up possession of the football. 
you score that touchdown, you don't lose the game. And at the end of the game, when the defense, all you needed was a stop. Yeah, it had to be a field goal, but it had to be a stop. How about a face mask penalty? Yeah. See, we go on and on. They did it to themselves. They're the most penalized team in the NFL. But penalties are subjective, which is why we bring up the Micah Parsons case, because we're trying to explain what's going on on all sides of the argument. So that you can see that it's not just Micah, it's Miles Garrett, it's T.J. Watt, it's the Bosa's. If you're an exceptional pass rusher, guess what? They're not calling it enough for you. And I guarantee you that at least one point after each game this season, win, lose, or draw, someone has said something about Micah Parsons not drawing a call. Every single game, Mm -hmm. there has been at least one tweet, there has been at least one segment, where we have talked about it because it happens every game. And it's not like people have texted in saying it's not just him. Yeah, it's not. And I don't know if it's just a general sense of incompetence in terms of officiating, but something needs to be done about the egregious holding calls because I know we're going to get the text saying that you can call holding on every play. Theoretically, yeah, you can. But literally, if you go and you just Google Micah Parsons, the first picture you're going to see is from the Dolphins game where he's getting double teamed. He's got one guy has a grip of his chin strap, Mm -hmm. and then the other guy has right up on on the numbers just yanked on. Mm -hmm. It's it's getting to a point where it's pretty clear and obvious, but the speed of the bang-bang nature of the game, that's why the human element is important, and sometimes it sucks. In this case, the human element sucks. That's the game. We're just wondering how can it change and if it will change. It could possibly change, like I said, in the competition committee because Stephen Jones is in that committee and they can look at stuff. And again, I gave the example in this segment. Des Bryant's, he caught that ball, didn't catch that ball. And by the way, Mike, Mike McCarthy, ironically, was the head coach that threw the flag down and challenged the catch. It was a catch on the field. Broaddus was standing right behind Des on the sidelines uh, You know, as, a, as an employee for DallasCowboys.com. To this day, Cowboy fans says Dez caught that ball. Well, guess what? In the competition committee, they rewrote the rule because at the time, no wide receiver had ever made that move. They didn't think it was physically possible. And they decided, guess what? We got to rewrite this so because these guys are able to make this play. So there is where is a possibility they could write up something where these great edge rushers, these pass rushers, We'll get the holding calls. That's what we're seeing as a possibility. We're just not complaining. We're saying, guess what? It's possible because guess what? The Dez Bryant caught uh, no catch. It's now a catch. That same move is now a catch. Let's go back to something else. It's ironic that that, that, uh, Micah posted that picture of him being held. There was a Cowboys pass rusher. His name is escaping me right now. Remember the game in 2016, the Dak Prescott's rookie year, Dak and Zeke's rookie year, they go to the playoffs. They play against uh, Green Bay Packers at AT&T Stadium. You remember what happened. Uh, Aaron Rodgers made this incredible throw to a tight end. Tight end catches the ball right on the sidelines, and they kick the game-winning field goal. Remember that? Mm-hmm. A, I mean, Dak had brought the team back, second half, and there was enough time on the clock for Aaron Rodgers to be Aaron Rodgers. There's a Cowboys defender, and I'll never forget this because I ran into him at a bar. He had as a screensaver on his phone a picture of him being held by an offensive lineman. I remember exactly what you're talking about. And it was just when Aaron Rodgers, he was right at Aaron Rodgers 
to make the sack. And he was held, and the referee did not call it. And that just showed, once again, holding is subjective. Both sides of the line of scrimmage. It could go either way. It's a matter of when they decide to drop a flag or not. Was that was that David Irving? It was David Irving. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because it was driving me crazy. I couldn't think of his name. I was at a bar in Frisco. David Irving was there, and he said, look at this. And he was just smiling. And he said, I was there. And they didn't, if he had dropped the flag, guess what? Green Bay gets backed up instead of the cow, instead of the tight end catching the ball and they kick the field goal. It's a 15-yard penalty, and they're backed up even further. Yeah, and look, it's it's a very subjective thing because if these things don't happen uh, in you know more pivotal moments than or less pivotal moments, I should say, then we're not talking about it as much, and especially in losses, but. I mean, this is something we're talking about 38 quarters of American mm-hmm. football. That, that's a long time that you've gone without drawing that kind of penalty when you are getting double teamed more times than not. When you're getting blocked, you're seeing two or three guys in front of you. It, it's just getting a little bit egregious. And it's to the point where we're feeling the need to ask guys that have say in the competition committee where, you know, we're asking Jerry Jones where his son is part of the competition committee. We're asking him these questions because we can see it. Surely he's seeing it. And Stephen Jones has told us these are things that you look at as a as a front office and you review and you you sometimes send in well, film to the, the front office. You know what the deal is. They can't say too much in the public because they, they don't want to get fined. Yeah, I guarantee you they're having these exact same conversations mm, behind, behind closed, closed doors, doors and they're chopping up the video and sending it to the league office. Also, yeah, that's what they're going to do in, in the front office. But as the coach and the players, they have to play through that. They cannot let that defeat them, especially during the game. And they found that out last, was it two years ago, uh, the San Francisco game, where they were coming off the field, blaming the refs, and then to get on the mic, uh, the podium and in the locker room complaining about the refs. No, you got to deal with the refs. Everybody deals with the refs. It is what it is. Don't let that be your excuse or your alibi. It's not making excuses. We're just here to break things down after the action. The We've told you many times throughout the show that, hey, the defense wasn't good enough nope. in big moments. Your fullback, your rookie fullback, when you're trying to bring up back the position in 2023 for whatever reason, he didn't hold the he, ball. He fumbles at the goal line. He didn't even really grip the football. How about Tony Pollard should have ran straight to the flag and he was in? Yeah, he gets helicoptered out of the end zone because he's just immune to the end zone. Now mm-hmm. there were plenty of reasons why you didn't win. Oh, we can go right down the list. Like I said earlier, just in this same segment, how about a, a, a face mask penalty? On the last drive for the Dolphins. I mean, I can go down the list. Yeah. Blame you. You shot yourselves in the foot and the head. And I can even go to the coordinators again. Dan Quinn decided not to to pass rush Tua. He should have been blitzing Tua the way the Dolphins were blitzing uh, Dak Prescott. Tua is the guy that has the quick release. He's the one that you could get burned by. And by the way, the Cowboys did a great job against the Dolphins running attack because those two running backs combined for less than 100 yards rushing. Yeah, and it was weird because it seemed like when the pressure did get near Tua when they were rushing four, he was making bad throws, even mm-hmm. when they were just rushing four. Mm-hmm. If you could get home to him, he's probably going to miss that throw nine times yep. out of ten they in that did game. It to themselves. Maybe not throughout the whole season, but in that game, mm-hmm. there was definitely moments where I saw Demarcus Lawrence creeping in, and he's got a wide-open Jalen Waddle on the opposite side of the field, and he just misses him. Mm-hmm. He's got Tyree Kill throws it to the wrong shoulder. Mm-hmm. You know, that would have been a breakaway 90-yard touchdown. Yeah, easy touchdown. 
So there there was definitely reasons why I could point at Dan Quinn, like you're saying, and say, man, you should have brought a blitz every now yeah. and then. Dial up a, dial up a stunt. A something. team that leads the NFL in pressures didn't do it. It's incredible. It's just, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and when we go back after the fact, we see these little things, and we nitpick there from our 1,000-foot, uh, you know, point of view, but... I mean, that's just our job. Oh, the 940 has an interesting theory, and he's pretty much correct on this one. He says the NFL wants offense. That's why they don't like it. They don't like it like they used to. They don't call it like they used to. That's what he corrected it. And he's right. The the, the, the NFL's rules committee favors the offenses, which is why. It's no all, secret. Yeah, everybody knows that. that. Like we were just talking about the roughing the passer calls. Don't have Both yet. of them sucked. Uh-huh. They really did. The one on Dak and the one on Tua both sucked. But you know why? They want to see points scored, and how do you do that? You keep elite quarterbacks healthy. You keep good quarterbacks healthy. Yep. So it's all about protecting the offense in today's game. So that's a conversation that a lot of people seem to hate about if Micah Parsons is being officiated Well, the Cowboy haters hate it. Yeah. The Cowboy lovers uh, want to say, yeah, he's not giving up. Trust me, there was many reasons why they lost this game, and I was just as angry mm-hmm. as you guys. It's the get right here on your home of the Cowboys, 105.3 The Fan. And coming up next, let's take a trip around the association. We'll get you some of the latest scores and whatnot coming out of the Christmas holiday. And the Pistons made history. We'll talk about it next on The Fan. About to take a trip around the association here in just a moment on the get right. Uh, 105.3 The Fan, my name is Alec Medford. I'm joined by the three-time Hall of Famer, Chris Arnold. Got you down. And each and every one of you, the Tolos, the Turn It On, Leave It On listener, we appreciate you doing just that here on a Tuesday night. Hope you had a very happy uh, very happy holiday weekend, as uh, I know the Cowboys didn't, but hopefully you were able to spend some good time with your family, enjoy that Mavericks game yesterday. Mm-hmm. That was an absolute doozy. Luca uh, Fitty. Yeah, the 50 bomb and 10,000 career points. So something good came out of the weekend outside of the holidays. Hope you enjoyed it and glad you're back here with us. I'll be in for Reggie all this week as he is in uh, with Mike Bassick on the KNC Masterpiece or whatever you want to call that time slot this week. 10 to 2 uh, each and every day this week. You can catch them. And, of course, you've got uh, Bobby and RJ in the mornings from 530 to 10 and you have just Zach Woolchuck and Brian Broaddus, the Super Bowl-winning NFL scout, before us Hold each on. and every day. I hate to correct you, but Lucius is there, too. L.A. Live. Always. 540 every day. 545. Man, Ooh. yeah, that's my favorite uh, piece of listening mm-hmm. each and every day, and it's highly rated for yes, a very good reason. Let's take a trip around the association where I am very excited to tell you that history was made tonight by the Detroit Pistons. As they set the NBA single season record with 27 straight losses mm, as mm, they mm. fell to the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, not pretty at all for obvious reasons. 118 to 112. This is a game that they actually led for a very long time. The Detroit Pistons were ahead in most of this game fell apart there in the fourth quarter against the Nets at Little Caesars Arena. That marks its 27th straight loss. The team's 26-game skid was previously tied with the 2010-2011 Cleveland Cavaliers and the 2013-14 Philadelphia 76ers for the longest uh, single-season losing stretches. That Philadelphia team, that was the process team with Joel Embiid, right? Yeah. (laughs) I only bring that up because I want to give certain Detroit uh, Piston fans hope. You have a young team 
you have a very good coach. Monty Williams is real because he's the highest paid coach in the league because they had to pay him to go to Detroit. He's like, I'm not going to Detroit, even though Phoenix fired him. Um, but they have a young team, and they have put like this. They're not going to stay that way forever. From the two one four, the Texas Rangers are three and zero since Detroit's last win. <laughs> exactly. In all seriousness, I remember when that stat was like a couple of weeks ago. I was like, and they still haven't won. And you said they got some promise. I mean, in the loss, Cade Cunningham. Put Arlington's up, own. He put up forty one and nine rebounds, seventy one percent from the field. Mm-hmm. Like, He's a stud. I, he really is. I, I remember he was in high school in Arlington, and then he went to Oklahoma State for about a year, and one and and then he was the number one overall pick for the Pistons. And he got hurt. He got hurt, missed all of last year. Oh, something else happened? Uh, I saw a tweet when I was looking at Cade Cunningham's stat line. So someone said, prayers up for Cade Cunningham with a little prayer emoji. Nothing's uh-huh. wrong with him. He just plays in Detroit. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and that's the best way to put it. That actually circles back to my point about Joel Embiid and the process. Yeah. Cade Cunningham is legit. Joel Embiid won the MVP last year. Joel Embiid is still in Philadelphia. Kate Cunningham might decide to stay in Detroit, and Monty Williams is smart enough to build some stuff around him. You just got to be patient. So if you're a Pistons fan, and I don't think there's that many in the state of Texas, but if you are, it's not the end of the world, but take your medicine now. I would hate on Detroit if they were a, a, a raggedy team that was had vicious fans like Eagle, Philadelphia Eagle fans and stuff like that. But no, I ain't, it's like, well, it is what it is. It's just, it's just your turn. And, you know, obviously we've only the only coverage this team has really gotten has been the losing streak. So I did some reading on like what's kind of going into it. Mm -hmm. And I came across a piece from uh, the athletic James Edwards. He covers the team out there in Detroit for the athletic. And basically he he said, how did this happen? How did we get here? He keeps going back to the fourth game of the season in which the Pistons, who were two and two at that point, lost an 18-point lead and fell to the Portland Trail Blazers by 10 points at home. He said that moment, from that moment on and still to this day, the locker room has had a really eerie feeling. He said they thought mm. they matured, they thought they figured things out from their last loss and from last season even, and they thought they were ready to go win some games, and obviously since then they haven't. He said ever since that loss in the fourth game uh, of the season, they just haven't been the same. You said the locker room's just weird. It's a weird yeah. vibe. And, I, and you know what? That's a damn shame for them, but it is what it is. And, again, I'm only bringing up the fact that they got some young talent. They got a very good coach to say you don't say this team sucks, blow it up. You might add pieces to it, but they just need to grow it up. There's another team that's in the same category. don't have a streak like that, but they were going to meet to see who's going to end one of their losing streaks. That would be the San Antonio Spurs. Spurs – I've only won four games, okay? The Spurs also have a legendary coach. Monty Williams is not a legendary coach, but Pop is. They're in good hands. And they also have a far superior talent than Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham is a a very good talent who may be an all-pro one day. They've got Wimby. I'm talking about the Spurs. So you know, don't blow up the Spurs. They're going to get good too. So if you're a Detroit or a Piston fan, I'm saying just like the process happened in Philadelphia – Things could happen if you got some young talent that's good. You just got to be patient. It's going to be hard to watch, but it might happen down the road. Elsewhere across the association tonight, uh, we have a game that's about to be over, might already be, but uh, we have the Grizzlies and Pelicans, the Pelicans hosting this game. They are up 1.103-102 with a second and a half left in the game. Before you tell me what's going to happen, 
Don't tell me this stats yet. I want to remind everybody that last week the Grizzlies played the the Pelicans, and it was the return of John Morant, and John Morant hit a game-winning shot on the on the Pelicans to win it. So this is a re, kind of a re, revenge game for the Pelicans. And we also have the Kings at the Trailblazers uh, late in the first quarter, twenty-six to twenty-two. That's the only action on right now. If you want some later on tonight at nine thirty, you got the Clippers hosting the Charlotte Hornets. Still waiting for that uh, Grizzlies Pelicans game. You better to go give final. us the result before the next five minutes are up. Yeah, because the last I saw is that there was a full timeout taken. You got to have a box score real quick. See what John Moran is doing right now. I wonder if they're trying to slow him down because. Memphis, by the way, was also a very bad team this year without John Morant. In years past, they were real good without John Morant, so they thought they could survive his 25-game suspension. Well, they weren't surviving it, but now he's back. They could sneak into the play-in. John Morant and Desmond Bain both had 26 Woo! in the game. And so. Desmond Bain, shout-out to TCU. He's the high, He's the I think he's the all-time leading scorer for the Frogs. Hey, man, Zion had 22-11. and 11. Mm. So... He's kind of—I don't know—maybe Stephen A. woke him up a little bit, saying that he's going to eat the whole table. <laughs> That—that that was one of the wildest quotes I've heard on national television in a while. And the reason it's so wild because it's true. There's something to <laughs> it. If it was far-fetched, you say, "Oh, that's not fair." But it's like, "Ooh, it's possible." It's so Especially ridiculous. in New Orleans, too many nice restaurants down there. So I'll keep you updated on when that one goes final. We did have. <laughs> Wait a minute. Two one four says, "Was that game winning shot with a toy gun?" No, it wasn't. Oh but Lord. I understand. Oh <laughs> I'm talking Lord. about last week. That's Ja. Not. Ja can't wave around nothing no more, real or fake. That's not not okay. Not okay. I'm all for the chaos, though. Thank you for that. We did have other action yesterday on Christmas Day, and I'm here to say that we need to bring back the Christmas Day uniforms because it feels like we just kind of lost the aura. Of Christmas Day games because we have I some great. They had special uniforms. Yeah, and I, I I saw some conversation about it on social media. I know Reg tweeted out something about it. It it feels like the aura is just kind of gone because we get some dumb performances on Christmas Day. We had Luca's uh, fifty bomb. I that think wasn't done. That was awesome. I'm I'm just saying like it, it's insane what some of these guys oh, insane do. Insane performances. Okay. Yeah, and I've seen people say like back when Kobe played Christmas Day games, he was always telling people stop yeah. passing the ball, shoot. They come here and watch these games on TV right. to see big performances on Christmas LeBron Day. LeBron would always have big performances, too. Yeah, so I, it's just insane that they refuse to uh, put these these nice different uniforms on the players. By the that, way, shout out to uh, Jalen Brunson. He had a really spectacular game yesterday, too, as the Knicks upset. What, who did they beat? The, the Bucks. No, the Bucks. The Bucks. yeah. Yeah, we can talk about that one, 129 to 122 in favor of the New York Knicks, and uh, you mentioned Jalen Brunson. He ended up scoring 38 in that Woo, game. 38. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, 15 of 28 from the field in 37 minutes. Spectacular stuff from Jalen Brunson, accompanied by uh, 24 from Julius Randle in that game. Dallas is on. We had another big game as Preston well. Baptist. The Celtics and the Lakers win at it. The Celtics win 126 to 115 against the Lakers and Have it was you the Lakers can't seem to win anything after winning that NBA <laughs> in season tournament. They can't and they can't win when Anthony Davis is healthy, Isn't that which something? is really annoying because healthy Anthony Davis is one of my favorite players to Same watch in the here. league. Love he, Anthony Davis. He dropped 40 in 39 minutes, mm, mm, mm. played most of the game. LeBron had just 16 to go with it, but you get a 40 bomb from street clothes 
the guy <laughs> that is called street clothes because nickname. he never plays and you still can't pick up the win. I just I, I love some healthy Anthony Davis. You know what's so crazy about that? The Lakers tried their best to keep that playoff team together because they actually went to the Western Conference Finals last year against Denver. And they were like, oh, we're going to lose these pieces. And they kept most of them together. And they can't win right now. It makes no sense. And LeBron is healthy. He's turned back the hands of time. This might be his last year with the Lakers, depending on where Bronny goes. Yeah, I said it. Mm. Depends on where Bronny goes. You're not wrong. And he's then got his contract. Seriously, he's got his contract broken down where he can leave if Bronny's a one-and-done at USC. That's going to be a crazy day whenever that happens. Luca's uh, already recruiting LeBron. <laughs> That, so they say. I don't know that for a fact. The 214 saying AD is also called the McDonald's ice cream machine. When it works, it's good. <laughs> oh, Ooh. my God. Isn't it a shame every summer you cannot get an ice cream from McDonald's? <laughs> it drives me nuts. And you'll be in line at the drive-in drive line forever. Mm-hmm. And then they'll say, the ice cream machine don't work. All because they don't want to clean it. Uh, and. Yesterday's action rounds out. You do have the Warriors and the Nuggets going at it. The Nuggets win 120-114 to 114 at home. And you had the 76ers and the Heat in a matchup that nobody really cared about, 119-113. to 113. Why did nobody really care about it? Because the two best players didn't play because of minor injuries, quote-unquote injuries. Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid both did not play. I saw a lot of outrage on social media from the fans watching at home, but a lot of people that said I bought tickets for this game a long dun, time dun, ago, dun. you know, to go take it, take my son or to go with my friends, you know, celebrate Christmas, watch a really good matchup between two really good players, and neither of them played. So I don't know if the whole load management thing is still going in the direction that the league wants it to. Well, they're better because they came up with like a, a, a mandate. I don't know if it's a rule, but it's a mandate where you have to play players and not load manage them. And one of the reasons why is because of what you just said. People are paying good money to see these players, but they want players, the star players, to play on nationally televised games. That's why this yep. game is like, whoa, what happened? The primary reason with that is because the NBA, as we speak, is negotiating a streaming deal with all the different networks, just like the NFL did. The NFL got $117 billion. The NBA is looking for $75 billion. And some of these games may wind up on Netflix, but not if the stars aren't playing on the national games. So watch Adam Silver step in to make sure this is curtailed. There you have it, your trip around the association here. On Not in a contract year, a streaming rights contract. Mm-hmm. 75 billion reasons. It's your trip around the association here on the Get Right. And coming up next, since we do have the three-time Hall of Famer in the building, it's time for another Hall of Fame edition of CA Stories Confidential. Where are we going? Let's go crazy. How about the time I had to be the, how do I put this? Okay, Mike Tyson was going out on a date, and I had to, what do you call the person that has to watch them? Like a third wheel? No, not third wheel. I was going to say wingman? Not a wingman. I'm not his. I wasn't Babysit? His no. It's sh- chaper- chaperone. Next on 105.3 The Fan. 
Thank you. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Here on 105.3 The Fan, Alec Medford and the three-time Hall of Famer, Chris Arnold. Got you down. And you, the Turn It On, Leave It On listener, with you for an hour and 15 more minutes or so. And then we will get on out of here. You can wake up with RJ and Bobby in the morning at 530. I'll be back tomorrow, 8 to 11, on the Get Right with the Fan Phenom, Blake Elliott, in case you were wondering what the holiday week schedule looks like. But right now, it's time for another Hall of Fame edition of CA Stories Confidential. Appreciate you, Alec. Appreciate you, Ross. Appreciate you, more importantly, all the Tolos. Allowing me to tell some of these, share some of these crazy stories and interesting stories over all these years covering sports and entertaining things. And man, I got crazy stories, including back in the day, I had to chaperone Mike Tyson on a date. Yeah, he was going out on a date with somebody I knew, and she <laughs> was terrified of him. I will explain in just a second, but <laughs> I will say this, pulling back the curtain. A few years ago, Mike Tyson was in town. He was trying to be like a promoter. You know, like how Oscar De La Hoya is a promoter now. Yeah. Floyd Mayweather was promoting his own fights. Well, you know, Mike's retired, and he was trying to do stuff. He was getting back into things, and he decided he's going to be a promoter because he knew the ins and outs, and, it, you know, he had some business partners. So he's promoting some some uh, some local fights here in, in Dallas. And so he was in town, so I got him on to come to the station, hooked him up with the Hockey Hawk, and we worked it out where Mike could come and, and do a meet and greet with the Tolos and meet and greet with some of our business partners and uh, you know advertising partners. 
and back in the back and i was i was hosting that thing so i'm downstairs in the uh in the room we call it room downstairs showroom the showroom so i'm down there in the back room with him and we're talking about stuff because i've been knowing him all these years and i said do you remember that time where i had to chaperone you on this date he goes oh yeah that was the craziest day that that <laughs> whole night that situation was just crazy so here's what had happened what had happened was okay so i had covered all his different fights and stuff and i mean the very first time i ever covered him he wasn't even a pro fighter his first fight that he actually started his he went he got the he went to the olympic trials in fort worth there was at, at in fort worth and made the olympic team and then he turned pro and then i was covering all his different fights and <laughs> he would also because you know he's the baddest man on the planet and he had this list but he knew he had this list and he was always doing stuff in hollywood and well one i want to say when you're working with Tom Jordan at K104, we would always do these shows. We would go to like the Grammy Awards, the American Music Awards, Soul Train Awards. I think it was American Music Awards. Mike had to give an award out. And you know, you know how they got these different guys, different people, and here to do the best best performance by a you know, female artist. Mike Tyson. So he's doing a little award thing. Well, after the award show, they had an after party right there at the uh, the place they were having the awards. And I think part of that deal was, you know how these celebrities have these limousines? You always wonder how they get how they find their right limousine and get out of there, right? Yeah. Well, they have a little party. And then the limo driver, they would come in and say, uh, Mr. Pacino, your limousine is ready. It's out front. And then they go out and they leave the party. They got to do something, right? So Tyson's back there, backstage at this little party, and we're back there too. And our entertainment reporter, back then K104 was full service. It had music. It wasn't just hip-hop and R&B. It was music, news, sports, weather, and traffic and entertainment. And we were an affiliate of the Associated Press. So that's when I covered all the sports, the Super Bowl, World Series, Final Bowl, all those different things. It was like full service. Well, we had an entertainment reporter. Her name was Carrie Doyan. Carrie Doyan back then was single. Years later, she met, fell in love with Michael Johnson, the track star, who's from Dallas. She married Michael. They're, 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 no, they're divorced now, but they were married back then, had a little baby. But way, way, way back then, when she was our entertainment reporter, she was free and single. And she was beautiful, drop dead gorgeous. And of course, since she's covering entertainment, all of these superstars were always trying to hit on her. And she handled all of them. She's like, she was used to it. She's from New York. She could handle anybody that was overly aggressive. This particular time, Mike Tyson's talking to her at, after the, you know, we're all standing around talking. And he wanted to go out on a date with her. He asked, he asked her if we were leaving town. Where were we from? For Dallas. Are you leaving town uh, anytime soon? And Tom said, no, we're not leaving. We're leaving, like, the next day after that. So Mike was like, hey, are you guys available? I mean, hey, Carrie, would you like to go out? And she's like, no. And then she tells me to the side, no, I'm afraid of him. Now, this is before all of the crazy stuff that happened with Tyson. You know, we had to go to prison. It was just Mike Tyson, champion of the world. And I was like, 
Carrie, he's the, he's not going to do anything. It's a date. She goes, no, I, I don't trust him. I said, he's the champion of the world. What's he going to do? It's Hollywood. She said, I don't trust it. She said, I would only go out if you let Chris and Norman, and Norman Hall was our news director, if they could be the chaperones. And Mike said, well, yeah, I've met Chris. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so that afternoon, we went out to a restaurant. It was, it was in Marina Del Rey. And it was a nice restaurant. It wasn't over the top. It was just a nice restaurant. Mike Tyson came by in a limo. We jumped in a limo, went to the restaurant. And then he said, you know, Arsenio Hall's a good friend of mine. Let's go to an Arsenio Hall show taping. So we go to the, I said, wow, it's early because it was like four in the afternoon. He said, that's, that's what time they tape it. So we go over to Arsenio Hall's show. And I had met Arsenio Hall before too. So, but it was like, okay, I'm with Mike Tyson in this limo with Norman and, and, and Kerry Doyen. And Mike Tyson called ahead, got us the front row seats. Mike didn't even sit with us. Arsenio and Mike Tyson are real good friends. And Mike Tyson was just walking around the set and was laying on the floor like, like a pet tiger. And the audience was like, that's Mike Tyson. Arsenio never acknowledged Mike Tyson to the audience. We all knew who he was. I mean, the whole audience, that's Mike Tyson. He would never say it on camera that, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Tyson's. I was like, Mike must come over here all the time. He must just kind of be like a regular. Ironically, one of, they had a, one of the guests on the show was the Mac Band. They had a big hit song. That Mac Band was from Dallas, and I knew the Mac Band. They had a song out. It was a top 10 song called Roses Are Red. It was written by Babyface. You know who Babyface is, right? Yeah. Babyface is written for everybody. Mm -hmm. This was when Babyface was just getting started. Here, play this song. This is Roses Are Red, if you never heard this before. This is Roses Are Red. This is the Mac Band. Play Go ahead, play, Ross. This is the Mac Band. Babyface wrote this song, and this is the only song he ever wrote for the Mac Band. Then he started writing for life. Everybody else, he had his own hits. He wrote for Tevin Campbell, who, by the way, is from Box Hedge. He wrote for Eric Clapton. Babyface wrote for everybody. But this song right here was like one of the top 10 songs in the country. And this band is from Dallas. Called it. This is them. This guy right here, this is, is uh, Raymond Campbell. He's a Dallas police officer right now. But yeah, this is him singing this song. The whole band was related to the, the, the McCampbell brothers. They even sang the national anthem at the Mavericks game. Listen to it. Turn it up. Nice little catchy beat, right? This is 1990s or late 80s. Here it comes. So they're singing a song on the, on the on the show, Mike Tyson dancing in the corner. And then when the show is over with, we all go back to the green room. Back, back. Hey, man, what's up? What's up, Carrie, Chris, Norman, morning teams here. Blah, blah, blah. K-1, where's Tom Joyner? Back at the hotel. He didn't come. And then he's like, <laughs> like Tyson meet them. Arsene, hey, everybody. What's up? And I kid you not, after the date was successful, Mike asked Carrie, Carrie, you want to go out again? No. Can I have your phone number? No. 
I said, Carrie, is the Mike Tyson? She goes, I'm afraid of him. And she never, ever went out with him again. And that's the story. Again, you all, you know all the rest of the highs and lows of Mike Tyson's career, in and out of prison, all the stuff that happened. And by the way, he's all good now. But that was, and I was like, to this day, I would say, Carrie knew something that we just didn't know. <laughs> and that's your uh, CA Stories Confidential. A little, little volume. That's the bridge. And a shout out to the Mac Band because the McCampbell brothers still live here in Dallas. Incredible tie-in to the Metroplex and another Hall of Fame edition of CA's Stories Confidential in the books. That's why you turn it on and you leave it on here you on 105.3 The Fan, especially on the weekends. You get some great uh, content live and local here in the mighty Metroplex. Appreciate the uh, incredible story and the incredible impression, by the way. You have that down to a T. It's just a lisp. Yeah. You, Either you, way, it was so good. Yeah. You you have it down to a T. I appreciate a good laugh and some good chaos. Mm-hmm. And that's some great chaos. And I just love how she was just straight up like, I'm scared of him. I'm Can we- scared of him. And back then, nobody was scared of him. They were, if in a boxing ring, but Arthur, he's, like, oh, he's lovable. He's nothing like the, the fighter. He's a nice... Oh, he, he had to work through some things. Another incredible edition of CA Stories Confidential. And coming up next here on the Get Right with myself, Alec Medford, and the three-time Hall of Famer, Chris Arnold, we will reset your headlines next on the Get Right. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 